could have heard this episode 48 hours early on our Patreon, patreon.com slash IndieHeadsPodcast. But join us for as low as $1 a month, you'll receive episodes early, gain access to our Discord server, and get yourself an Indie Heads Podcast sticker. All upcoming episodes will be on our Patreon 48 hours before it hits our public podcast feeds. But if you're hearing this through our Patreon feed, we thank you so much for your support. We especially want to thank our real ones patrons, including Beck Etienne, Jordan Mikowski, James Boss, Marcy Anime, Chance Holdup, Delaney Mothman, Josiah Duncan, Jenna, Matt Cameron, Grant in the Back of My Dragula, Tim's Discount Prices, Parker Gross, Andrew Grieve, Listen Up Nerds, Matthew Taylor, Breen Hare, Alec Books, Sarah Moore, Griff, Max Kapzinski, Mark Barry, Cal50, Dr. Pepper Official Licensed Penis Smashing Machine, Chris Wade, Midwest Maxwell, Jake Wald, Grant, Keep Autism Weird, Rob Marino, Max, Dylan, Zach, Gavin Brandy Freak, and Maze Farms. To become a real one, consider supporting us for $5 a month on Patreon. Receive a bonus episode every month and get a shout out at the top of the pod. Anyways, though, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Indie Heads podcast, the first Indie Heads podcast of 2024, but a podcast talking about music from 2023, as we are, of course, uh, a little late on our year-end coverage. Uh, I will take full responsibility for that, but again, I decided, hey, I need an 11-day trip to Los Angeles, California, and on top of that, you know what else I need? I need a New Year's Eve trip to fucking Chicago, Illinois to go see my favorite band, but hey, here's what matters. We're here now. We're going to talk about our favorite albums of 2023, our uh, Indie Heads podcast member voted on as uh, any member of the podcast, Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them put in their ballots, and we're here to go over our top 10 albums of 2023. But before we do that, I am joined by Jackie. Hello, Hello Jackie. This is not a solo Maddie Good Songs episode, although it has no. that sort of a vibe. It's a Jackie and Maddie Good Songs episode. Exactly. We haven't really uh, done a, a Just the Two of Us pod since the Death Grip series, probably, right? Yeah, that's right. Fuck. I, I mean, I it, here's the thing. In some ways, I definitely debated like throwing out like, should we just throw out the top ten and just go over like just our own top ten? I, I have honestly, that be that. I honestly thought about it for a second too, but we're gonna talk about our top twenty five. We got We got again. We're gonna, democracy. We're, we're gonna we get believe you enough. I mean, do we? That's a different conversation. Do we believe in <laughs> democracy? Always, we're gonna, we're always gonna... a great question here at the end of the podcast. We're going to get to the bottom of it today. But let's 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 get into these because we do have some good albums in our ten. We've got some transmissions from special guests. We have, and uh, we also have a full twenty-five that we voted on this, which has some very cool stuff in it. Yes, which uh speaking of the top 25, let's let's before we get to the top 10, let's briefly uh touch upon our top 25. So number 25, Pupil Slicer with Blossom, uh which if there's anything that you want to talk I about was, Jackie, just This is on interrupt. my list of records that I have not checked out this year, but I've been like I, I I would have checked this out if I was a real quote-unquote music journalist, didn't have the time, but I've heard it's very cool. It's Cosine. Boom. 24, Maria BC, Spike Field. This was on my list, also your list. Rules, uh, owns. I like it uh, a tiny bit less than Highline, but like only the tiniest bit. And it's still so goddamn close that it's just, it's kind of like, 
it, it reminds me to how I feel about Wiseblood's career, where it's like you can quibble on which one's your favorite. They're all kind of just bangers every time. And that's the yeah. that's the level Maria BC is setting. They're really fucking killing it. Spike Field, great record. Uh, yeah. yeah, if you like Grouper, this this one's a, a must listen. If you like Grouper, yeah. um, number twenty three, Sofia Cortez with Madres. Uh, this is one that I have not listened to yet. So good, uh, which I, mean, I feel bad about. All you need to know about Sofia is that uh, she single handedly converted AJ into becoming a bleep sky. Like the power of Sophia at Pitchfork was so fucking real. And this record, great set. This record rules. If you like that set, you will like this record for sure. Yes. Uh, 22 Dreamwell with In My Saddest Dreams, I Am Beside You. Uh, I have nothing to say. This, this also, is definitely also, in the Natalie. Yeah, banger. I, not one of the metal albums I listened to a ton this year, but I don't listen to a ton of metal. So that it do be like that sometimes. There we go. Good. 21 with Boardlord with Name It. This is essentially the me and Rose. Uh, I, I didn't get a lot, a ton of sway over this list, as you'll be able to tell. Uh, however, this is my champion cause. I'm the Boardlord stand. It me. Uh, this is the, I believe, the first non Eris and Okta full length record on T for T, along with Russell E. Butler's. Uh, E.L. Butler's uh, solo record that came out this year on T for T, but uh, the Oak to Oka record is just like it's perfect dance music. It feels yeah. like it's timeless, like classic, but also not like uh, like stodgy retro futurism stuff. It's just really fucking excellent and great, and you should listen to it. Plug. There we go. Number 20, Arm & Hammer, We Buy Diabetic Test Strips. Uh, one of the best rap albums of the year. It was in my overall top 50, uh, but this one definitely heavier in the Rose Zach sect. Boy, but still, really good record. Boy, Very those good. guys can rap. That's my review. Yes. Uh, if you thought that the Billy Woods record this year was uh, a little too accessible for your taste, uh, don't worry. He he brought out uh, this, this is a much more uh, his more experimental side. Uh, again, some great songs here. Uh, the Gods Will See Crazy, one of the best songs this year, which was on our Song of the Year list. So, duh. But number 19, Julie Byrne with The Greater Wings. Uh, this is another one that I need to listen to. You really you really yet. fucking do. I will say that this is the one record when I was like doing my last like, okay, let me look back again at this album of the list I've been t- album of the year list I'm tinkering with. See is there anything I'm kind of forgetting about? What have I not listened to in a while? And I put on the Julie Byrne record and two songs in, I was like, yeah, I'm put, this is way too low on my list. I'm fucking up. Like, this is so good. It's, it, it really is. I wish it kind of was getting talked about more because it's such a huge fucking just step. I mean, I'm bring up wise, but for the second time, this podcast, it's a very similar jump. From like uh, front row seat to earth to Titanic Rising as the Julie Byrne record from like five years ago to this record, it's like a whoa, you can do this too, uh, sort of thing. Uh, very exciting. Summer Glass is basically her uh, movies in that it's very synthy, dramatic, uh, uh, unfolding song. But there's just like it, this record does a bunch of different stuff in as opposed to the last record, which was very like one note in a good way but it's just as like rock fucking solid great album shout out the greater wings good album shout out julie burn there we go number 18 uh arouge off top uh vijay ayer and shazad ismaili with love in exile 
Uh, another one I've not listened to. This is definitely. Uh, I know. I think Zach has been really pushing hard with this one. I think AJ too. I, I, I fuck with the Rouge. Uh, shout out to Judy, friend of the podcast, friend of me. Uh, I we we love a Rouge in this household. I haven't spent as much time with this record as I did with Vulture Prince, partly just because this record's long, um, and it's it's much more in the uh, Cali Malone zone, as it were. It gets like dronier mm-hmm. and kind of jazzier than the last record, which is a little more straight ahead folk uh, e. But it's mm-hmm. really uh, goddamn good. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, very Lily Core Zach Core for sure. Definitely. Uh, number 17, uh, Inattendant Anna with Principia. Uh, this one, I, I, I've been ringing the bell for this one for pretty much the entire year of 2023 because this was came out back in like February, I think. Uh, great indie pop record. If you're a fan of Stereolab broadcast and maybe want more of a uh, sort of streamlined pop sound from those groups, listen to this record. One of the best uh, indie pop, guitar pop records you're going to hear that came out in 2023. Uh, this is definitely, uh, I mean, I listened to a little bit of this band's last record just to be like, Hey, what did I miss? Huge level up. This record is, uh, really excited to hear more for this band in the future. Uh, but on to number 16, one tricks point. Never again. Uh, I will do another plug here. Uh, listen to me on hot singles. I was just on for their last non like, uh, end of year episode of 2023. And we discussed this record and also we talked about um a death dynamic shroud album and a lee gamble album so if you like uh esoteric bleep bloops if you if you pay a close attention to resident advisors album of the year list buddy do i have (laughs) the podcast for you uh i I got one other point never again my basic take on this record is that it's like the most opn album like we're not going to be talking about lana del rey on this episode but it is uh Danny's did you know there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard he just dumps the whole thing in and it works Mm -hmm. essentially there we go there we go number 15 slow spin with talisman I don't really this is another you should you should this is another uh this this one's gonna have you uh doing the shack I apologize I wasn't familiar with your (laughs) game um slow spin is really really fucking sick I don't want to make a lazy comparison to a rouge off top that is related to the fact that they are both like women of middle Eastern descent, but like this record is so fucking good. Um, mm-hmm. I really, 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 really like this one. This is one that I was like, Hey Lily, I think you would like this. And Lily listened is like, yeah, this is my number two album of the year. Like, like laser targeted, uh, accuracy on that one. But if you like, uh, um, if you like the next album we're about to talk about next, if you like any sort of kind of folky, almost R&B, almost just these kind of really, if you like Julie Byrne, if you like a lot of the artists we're about to talk about in these next couple of picks, I think you would like Slow Spit. Check that record out. It's called Talisman. It's got a great green cover that I really like. Shout out to that record. There we go. Number 14, Nisi Blues with Exit Simulation. Cranky never lost, bitch. That's what I have to say about <laughs> this record. Uh, I also have to say that this is just like huge, cool stuff is happening in Chicago. That's true for many periods of time. And there's always cool stuff happening in Chicago, but very cool stuff is happening in Chicago right now, particularly in the kind of uh, ambient, like, experimental indie sort of world like their version of what happened in la with all the leaving records people with basically nisi blues 
and the Pure Link Boys and like uh, Kia who worked on this record and Namdi and Kara Jackson who we talked about last week and we're about to talk about. Like there's just a lot of really fucking good music coming out of Chicago right now. And a lot mm-hmm. of those musicians, including the Pure Link Boys, are on this record. And Nisi Blues is a debut record and it is fucking crazy goes up there with maria bc for like if you like group or listen to this but it is also in a similar way to maria bc very much his own thing very much like songwritery and not as much ambient Mm -hmm. but then also like at any given moment the songs can just like transition where her voice goes from like being at the center of the frame in like a more traditional pop vocal way to like being at the edge of the frame and it becomes like there are like weird little experimental passages and cool stuff going on great record just so good i was glad i got a pitchfork review this week i was worried this might get uh lost in the shuffle over the sort of uh album of the year creep sort of situation that happens every december and i'm glad that this one has not because it is just like a a, a instant winner for me there we go. Number 13, then, Laurel Halo with Atlas. Uh, another record that just, like, rules to throw on. I mean, all you need to know about this record is the fucking uh, um, bumper sticker that they sell uh, on the Laurel Halo merch store that says, uh, get lost, uh, feeling lost, um, find yourself in the earthy tones of Laurel Halo's Atlas or whatever. And it's just, like, this is a thick-ass record. It is just, like, so much... Like, ooh, like it just, it's like, it's like walking through super duper thick fog. Like it's so like chunky, but there's something also so like beautiful and listenable about it. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's just really gorgeous record. I, I have difficulty putting into words. I get people that like were a little underwhelmed by the hype on it because it's a little bit of a sort of, um, mercurial record and but i i just think it's really good it's my opinion on this record maddie i can see you struggling with the the very the website is not where i'm trying to find well, the bumper Laurel, sticker Laurel the web... Halo's, well, i think it's on you have to go to the Bandcamp, the merch tab on Bandcamp. yeah um, Laurel halo please fix your website it's un- it's unusable I mean, it on my is, browser it's swaggy but it's not exactly a high functioning um I don't know. Would it be a part of? Oh, let me check the, like the it's, record it's and see if it's sold in out. There. I think it's sold out because it was part of uh, um, a bundle with the record. But I think the bumper sticker yeah. is sold out. But like the the bumper sticker memifies it because this record is hard to like. Yeah, there it is. Beautiful. Oh, there we go. Fe- there we go. Feeling lost, find yourself in the earthy tones of Laurel Halo's Atlas. Highly recommend you do that. It's a great record. It's like the non uh andre 3000 flute album ambient album of the year for sure there we go uh number 12 then uh kara jackson with why does the earth give us people to love uh we discussed kara pretty in depth on the podcast awards episode so you have not listened to that Do probably that. should go back and listen also to that. real quick i can't believe i got through that entire loyal halo segment without doing a self-serving ann arbor music rise up bitch uh <laughs> loyal halo is not only an ann arbor legend but she is a wcbn fn fucking college dj legend she is from ann arbor and she dj'd on the radio at the same radio station that many of my friends dj'd at she's really cool uh, I didn't get to see her on New Year's Eve DJ because I was a Thai Thai girl, 
but um, <laughs> uh, I, I love to Laurel Halo always. Next, move on to number 11. Shout out to Carrie Jackson, too. Great record. We talked about it last week. Yes. Uh, number 11, Liturgy with 93696. Uh, also on the list of metal albums I have not listened to this year, and I know that they're probably really good, but it's just not a big part of my listening diet, and so I only get to so many. Like I had the Anti-God Hand album on my list. I had the Agriculture album on my list. Those are both great, but that's all of the bandwidth I got for the Screamies this year. Sorry. Sorry, Liturgy. There we go. But now on to the top 10 list proper Number ten, <laughs> perfect, number e- ten, easy segue uh, from liturgy's um, uh, gospel of of post metal like philosophy is um, uh, gasms. Number ten on our list is Smokey Robinson gasms, um, which you might think, oh, that's a funny joke. It's our number ten. This is again, we as we said, we believe in democracy for better or worse, and number ten on our list, thanks to Gavin and Grant is Smokey Robinson with Gasms. The only podcast Jackie. brave enough. The only, only music, podcast brave music enough. outlet brave enough. Yes. Oh my God. But, but here's the thing. So uh, I don't have a lot to say about Gasms. Neither does Jackie. But thankfully, Grant has pulled through with a transmission for us. So, <laughs> oh, God. oh God. It's gorgeous Grant's Gasms guffaw. So let's hear it from Grant right now. Hello, Indie Heads Podcast. It's your boy Grant in the back of my Dragula here, and I've been chosen as the representative to talk about the podcast chosen album of the year, Smokey Robinson's Gas. Number 10. It's not our album of the year, it's just now, number 10. Smokey Robinson has been a legend for longer than any of us have been alive, and at this point, it's pretty safe to say that you would assume that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, <laughs> but you can teach him to gasm. Smokey Robinson had not made an album in about a decade or so beforehand, and when the title of Gasms dropped into our laps, we all ate that shit up, you know? Uh, We all assumed that it was going to be a bunch of incompetent music about fucking and sucking from a guy that should be retiring at this point in his life. I don't think any of us expected, like, actual phenomenal music from this, but that's exactly what Mr. Robinson delivered. Uh, the, the title track, Gasms, is maybe my actual unironic favorite song of the year. Uh, Smokey is Sorry, I'm going to pause for a second. I, I So I did my due diligence and I re-listened to all the albums that we're talking about on the on the show today. I, I Gasms is the song. Gasms is a song. I mean, here's the thing. It puts you right in where it, it, it's a perfect opening, but it is it's it's brutal because it is there's no easing into gasms he's just straight away saying gasms like a hundred times yes it is really a lot all right let's keep going uh he loves his wife more than any human being on earth loves anything else uh they share the same birthday it's me and gavin's birthday i think that's a sign because gasms is a five-letter word that starts with g and so is gavin and so is grant so i think he's my dad now (laughs) Fact is, Mr. Robinson wanted to show his love for his wife over the span of this album, oh. and uh, <laughs> it's hard to talk about this album because of the title. A lot of people assume that the love for this album is a is a joke. You know, it, 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 an old man with that album cover 
making an album called Gasms, uh, they, you run through the gamut of jokes. But well, a wise man once said, when you hear the word gasms, you think of orgasms, you know. But gasms are any good feeling that you might have. Facts. Christmas can be a gasm. Facts. Uh, the, the very act of listening to music can be a gasm. Facts. Doing karaoke at the drawing room can be a gasm. Facts. Making a DJ D on mix on ketamine can be a gasm. Facts. Uh, <laughs> listening to Fiddler can be a gasm to Gavin. <laughs> and uh, I think just any type of psychological warfare is a gasm for Mr. A.J. Moser. <laughs> kind of living in an era that has kind of this kind of retro R&B and soul revival I've lived in Texas all my life, so Leon Bridges in particular is kind of inescapable. Of course, we have acts like Silk Sonic, not to invoke the cursed name. But uh, even with all these newcomers coming to the scene, uh, all their stuff is very derivative. I don't I don't mean to be a naysayer. Uh, I do like quite a few songs by Leon Bridges, and I'm just going to skip over Silk Sonic. But Smokey <laughs> is still, he was, he was one of the originators of the Motown soul sound, and he still sounds phenomenal. I, I was listening to Tears of a Clown in the car uh, a few days ago, and it hit me that his voice really has not changed from then to Gasms. He still sounds phenomenal, and he still has very good production, and uh, he still is writing these very, very heartfelt songs that just have a full sense of sincerity to them. That I've, at this point he could phone in and just do just covers of songs he likes, do you know, shut up and play the hits type deal. But I, I really respect that Smokey has stayed true to what makes him happy, and that is Gasms. <laughs> Gasms is not a perfect album. I don't believe in perfect albums, but I, if I had to point out specific highlights of the album. I would say the title track, I would say Roll Around, You Fill Me Up, I Fit In There. Uh, all genuinely sincere love songs about fucking and sucking when you're 80 years old. And I, I respect the hell out of it. If I had to say that there was a lull in the album, I would, I would probably say Beside You is probably the dullest track on the album. Uh, most people think that it means it has the least to joke about, but no, it, I just think it's kind of a boring song. But everything else on this album genuinely hits as far as music for mature love. Uh, it's, these aren't songs about teen romances, no Katy Perry teenage dream. We, we've got enough of that stuff. Let, let Peepaw and Meemaw have songs about loving each other, okay? That That's the ultimate testament here, and I think that Smokey has truly nailed it. I hope that when I'm as old as Smokey, that I will have someone in my life that loves me. But if I don't, I know that somewhere out there, Smokey Robinson loves us all and has given us all the ultimate gasm of the album of the year of 2023. Um, Maddie and Jackie, if you say any albums are better... Um, I will kill you with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, so, sorry, Grant. We're gorgeous, about to say nine albums that are better. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Those are some gorgeous gasms, I gotta say. I also realized that, um, I don't know how we've done, like, three episodes on gasms and I haven't brought this up or someone hasn't brought this up, but, uh, 
Gasms is just like if the uh, Maroon 5 Make Some Thunder video had like a multi-million dollar budget. <laughs> like really, what is that different from between Smokey and ooh, I need something for my penis because I oh don't God. think I can screw anymore. Oh my God. Great episode. Uh, actually, that was an episode that was uh, from the Maroon 5 stream. Honestly, I completely stream. forgot about what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> like, uh, I blacked out so fr- much. I mean, the Moon Five stream I, was truly. Like, I bl- I like black that out my my mind that that live stream. Honestly, aside, aside from Young Jeffrey, uh, this is a reminder. Young Jeffrey, if there are any music editors listening, send Maddie on the Maroon Five cruise or whatever. Have Maddie have Maddie write <laughs> the uh, send me. To the fucking residency. I want to oh, go see Maroon 5 yeah, at the that, residency that in Las Vegas. Stereo gum, pitchfork. Well, no, I don't know. Pitchfork will do that. Someone, please pay me money. I want to go see Maroon 5. I want to see him in this residency. I spent three months of my life dedicated to Maroon 5. I got I broke up with my girlfriend during this time. America's most <laughs> because America's was, most corked up uh Maroon 5 fan. I don't know if I would say I'm a fan, but you know, observer. I, 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 observer, observer is more accurate. But there we go. Number ten, our list: Smokey Robinson, Gasms. Uh, number nine, Chris Farron with Doom Singer. Uh, this was on my list. I believe Gavin had this as either his number one or number two. I imagine I think Rose or someone else had it on their list. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say. Because uh, I, re- I, but I did re-listen. Uh, this is a fantastic power pop release from the Los Angeles-based musician uh, Chris. He's again consistently been putting out really good music over the years, either uh, under his own name or with Antarctica Vespucci, his band with Jeff Rosenstock. But this new one, Doom Singer, might be the best thing he's put out yet, in my opinion. Uh, I think the big reason being uh, the first one being uh, the production as uh chris recorded this with uh melina duarte aka jsom and i think it oh, really shows the production that. that makes sense yeah uh it, the production here it's nice it's crunchy uh there is still some of the sort of like uh synthetic elements the more kind of uh computer elements i would say of, of sorts like okay this was produced like on like a laptop or something of some of the earlier uh, Chris Farron solo records, but this one it feels like a real step up having like someone like Melina being like basically Chris going to William like I just want you to record this record like do whatever you want to do to it I just I just I need to have someone else uh, take over on the recording of this. Uh, but on top of that, uh, also uh, Frankie uh, Pastato uh, has joined Chris's band as the drummer, and I really think having live drums really is a game changer is that the uh, as, uh the, the titular lesbian drummer that he often of course it about is on, of course on, on social media accounts of course the the lesbian drummer uh frankie uh i really do regret not being able to see chris on this tour as i think it was happening like when i was moving out of la whenever he did play la so i did not get to see him on the tour sadly uh but again this is a fantastic record uh if you are getting into chris fair for the first time i think it's a solid way to start uh obviously a ton of great highlights on here uh the opening track uh bluish is great uh i really think the back half of this record is really where things uh kick into high gear between screensaver first place my beauty cosmic leash and statue song uh one of the greatest songs ever about being a, a statue in a museum uh it's it's in the name uh, and also cosmic leash might be the best song that chris has ever made uh again really fantastic ripping roaring track 
uh also uh mastered by grammy jack shirley so uh if you are a fan gang's all of, here truly gang's all here so if you're a fan of any of the records that jack shirley's worked on uh this one's probably up your alley so really fantastic release um i may or may friend, not have friend of the podcast friend of the podcast Fer- i mean i we i brought this up in the server the other day but there's there are many famous moments of podcast history that i just forget about our guest being there for and one of mm-hmm. those is the fact that uh imagine there's no peter happened on an episode <laughs> that chris was guesting on because i remembered yeah. because when we listened back to it um Imagine there's no Peter ends with a sting of Arf, the Chris Farron song Arf Arf Baby, uh, which yes. then uh, plays at the very end. And, I, and what what a, what a cultural! I mean, every time I listen to the podcast of us during the pandemic, I'm like, God, we were losing our fucking minds. Like, yeah, we were gone for, for real. <laughs> I mean, from like the butt rock number ones until I would say five morons. Like that period is just. Just sustained like pandemic you, brain damage. YouTube music, YouTuber music volume one was like the last episode that had that like bottled up uh, brain damage energy. You know what I mean? Like it had. And the, we're bringing it back because our next episode is going to be YouTuber music volume two. Let's fucking go. Uh, but there we go. Chris Farron, Doomsinger, number nine on our album of the year list. Number eight. Oh, look, here's what we we'll say about this list. Here's what I'll say without spoiling the list too much. After like three or four years where maddie core was taking severe severe damage just no wins whatsoever on our album year list they were saying maddie core was done they were saying it was done but those that believe in maddie core i'm so glad you stuck around because this list is a big win for maddie core including my personal album of the year number eight on our list strange ranger with pure music uh the fourth and final strange ranger record uh, of course, I was a big fan of their 2021 mixtape. No Light in Heaven is my current uh, album of the decade so far. I'm literally wearing my No Light in Heaven shirt because to celebrate Strange Ranger being on this list, um, which honestly I'm very shocked it's here and as high as it is. So I'm glad that I converted a couple of people to uh, to this record, or at least this record connected more with more people. Nevertheless, nevertheless. Um, what a way to go out for this band. Uh, although it was, of course, not marketed as their final record. It was sort of, like I said, they sort of had a very kind of shocking, surprising breakup announcement towards the end of October that like, I was taken aback by, number one, because, well, I'm a big fan of this band. And number two, I saw them live like a month before they broke up. They stayed at my house. <laughs> so there's, there's, a, there's a transparency notice that number eight on our list, they stayed at my house. Uh, but I was very surprised. taken aback. But, uh, when you do listen to this record, you go, okay, I kind of see how this would be sort of the final note you want to leave things on. Uh, it's a really triumphant release and just, just the evolution that this band has gone down over their career is really insane because like, if you went back, let's say, I mean, back to like 2016 when like the Sioux Falls record came out and you told them, Hey, this is what this band's going to sound like in seven years. Probably wouldn't believe it. Um, but again, it just in the fact that, that they made this pivot in their sound and it sounds as natural as it does is really insane because I think uh, we have, of course, discussed this on the podcast a number of times. The dreaded pivot to synth is uh, usually when most bands, like especially guitar bands, 
are running out of ideas, they usually do the pivot to synth and then they break up like an album or two this later. This is a trading in your guitars for turntables sta- turn ass album complete with a yes. literal James Murphy New York City skyline. Yes. And although uh, Stranger did break up after this album came out, uh, I feel like this this record feels like a creative renaissance for the band because uh, there's the switch to this more kind of synth pop, dream pop, a little bit shoegazy, uh, you know, 90s alternative uh, sound. It just feels like a I think really it's, it's more natural fit. like trip hop than it is shoegaze. I, yeah. I, I think this is, I, so I just listened to this record uh, for the first time in a while. I think I listened to it once earlier in the year. I had a song of it on my song in the year list and I liked it, but I, I, and I definitely liked it even a little more coming back to it this time. Um, but that's kind of the main thing I hear with it. Uh, is that it feels very of a piece with a lot of stuff that was happening, particularly at the back half of this year with like the Pure Link record and the ASO record is another record that I think fits very snugly with this. Like this, um, as I've described it, America being ready to return to the chill out room. Like we've mined all the other Y2K aesthetics, uh, but we haven't really mined like the woozy trip hop um dubby sort of situation and there's a lot of that vibe on this record a lot of kind of like plunder phonic sample stuff some uh cool synths i mean i was just thinking uh as i was listening back to this record i remember the lovely conversation you had with the band on this podcast about this record and ta- all the yeezus talk on that conversation yes and uh oh boy you can hear that on this record I, I will say my only kind of snarky thing about this album is that this album feels kind of like what, like if, if, if me from like 2017, instead of doubling down on DJing had like started a band, it would kind of sound like this. And that's both like a compliment and an insult, I guess is because it, it this album is a little bit to me, like the Caroline Polachek record where it's like, you clearly have very similar reference points to me. And I don't know how much I like being targeted this much because when it works, I'm like, (laughs) damn, you know exactly what I want to hear. And then when it's not working, I'm like, Oh, I can feel you trying to get me to like you. Um, and, and me personally, I love being a targeted individual. I love that. Hey, listen, like I, I am not nearly as negative on this record and this pivot as like, certain people who really used to like this band that haven't liked the last couple of records. Like I've seen some divisive kind of takes on this record. I, I think it's very solid. I think it made more sense to me that they broke up, I guess, cause I don't have the personal connection, but also because this does feel like a record of a band that has a lot of different ideas, not just like, Oh wow, this is a, a real departure from their earlier music, but also this, album is reaching in a couple of different places and i can imagine that they tried to evolve their sound to fit all the different like growing evolving interests of the different members along with like all the various interpersonal dynamics of the band and i can imagine Mm -hmm. that if it didn't like take off in some amazing way that they'd probably be like okay well it seems like this kind of run its course but like you're saying it is a really cool uh way to go out it does feel a little bit like Sometimes there's like a director making a movie where you can get the energy of like, they don't know if they're going to make another one of these. So they're, they're fucking putting all the ideas they've wanted to put in a movie into it. Yes. Um, And that it does have a little bit of that energy. Like it is someone 
dumping the entire Topsters chart into an album for better or worse. But I think they they really hone it enough that I think it is overall pretty successful. Like you mm-hmm. can quibble with little parts of it, but I think on the whole it like works. Yeah. Uh, again, it's just a very like beautiful, dreamy, soundscapey uh, record about like falling out of love and sort of uh, again looking back upon your life and figuring out where you where you fucked up in, in some ways. I will say uh, the the best line on this record uh, on Rainfall Down. I it's, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's like you say you write about culture. What does that mean? Uh, yeah, that is. I the, heard you write about culture that is a, that that, that's a lana del rey ass line where it's like you want to like 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 uh react negatively to the the current reference but then you hear it and you're like that that is a thing i'd be wondering you know like i i yeah. I, I do you do have those questions especially about new york city people not to bring the dime square of this whole <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, with, with that song in particular, when it, of course, when that song came, because I was the lead single, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that line was like, wow, this is kind of a clumsy line, but the song is really good. So I guess it works. But then over time, like as just, I've just kept re-listening to the record. I, I think like, the okay, thing that it helps works. it, I, I, I had the same feeling. I think the thing that helps it is that he doesn't go back to that well 15 more times on the record. Yes. Like that's the thing. If you're going to keep going back to the that well you've got to really be confident that you have the sauce to keep pulling it off right like i think i think if there Mm -hmm. had been a bunch more uh black country new road type oi me smartphone um lyrics on the rest of the record we would maybe look a little more negatively on that line but but isolated on its own I'm, I'm, I, keep, I keep bringing up Lana on this episode. You can tell, but like the fact, <laughs> yeah, that Lana, she, which yeah, by the way, Lana is not 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 in the top twenty five, not in the top ten, no Lana, because this podcast is sexist. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but the fact that she said the culture is lit and I had a ball, and I'm like, damn, true. Like she, she's a wizard. No one can do it like her. Um, but yeah. but this album, I I think this is a good record. I I'm very excited to see what the members of this band do off on their own now. Yeah. Uh, Cause like Isaac right now, he's got a new band called threshold that like, he literally launched that band like not even a month after this band broke up. Uh, so really intrigued to hear more stuff from him. It's uh, the threshold stuff so far. It is, there's a lot of interesting ideas. Uh, the songs definitely feel like they're not, they feel like they're not complete just yet, but still very intrigued on what direction it goes with that. Uh, I know Fiona is uh sort of toiling around with like some solo music right now. Uh, Nathan Tucker, their drummer who also has a fucking incredible saxophone solo on one of the songs on this record. Uh, he's got his hands in a bunch of different stuff. He's got is like his own music is cool. Original. I know he's in another band. Uh, and then also he's like working as an engineer. I know he did some engineering work on the new Mo Troper uh, sings Brian record that came out. I'm not sure what Fred's doing, but again, it, it seems like from what I can tell, it was an amicable breakup. It was sort of like, hey, we're all going in different directions and like they're all still supporting each other. Still, you know, I I, I, I don't know for sure if this is going to be the full on end of Strange Ranger, but if it is, it, it probably is. I, but again, I, I, I think you couldn't really have ended it a better a better way. Great record. Uh, number eight on our list, Strange Ranger, pure music. But oh, yeah. on to number seven. Jim Legacy, HNPM. Uh, we discussed Jim a little bit on the podcast awards episode, but we kind of held back uh, a little bit just because uh, he's on this list at number seven. 
Uh, this is in my top three this year. Um, although I do love pure music and I do love the Unintended Honor record, which is number one, number two on this list. Uh, in terms of the most creative record that I heard this year, it's 100% Jim Legacy. This is like a record that is endlessly replayable because he's doing so much on this record and yet it feels so cohesive and it's just, oh my God, I, it's, it's really hard to discuss this record because it's just, just go listen to yeah. it. Like just, just listen to it. Um, but yeah, I get what you're but saying. This one, there, there are a lot of like genre mashup records all the time now. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time they just kind of end up feeling like slush, like a little bit off of the gorillas conversation we had yesterday where it's like, okay, you're taking some disparate things, but they're also the kind of disparate things that everyone is pulling from. And when you mix them together, it all just becomes like bleh. And this is a record that is not only combining particular genre elements and motifs in a way that feels like truly inspired, but it also feels like so natural. Like to tie it into another conversation, the Lil Yachty record, there's nothing about this record that feels like it's reaching to try to be something that it's not, right? Like everything Mm -hmm. about this record just feels like someone crafting their own language of pop music that feels very... Uh, internal like these songs feel very like internal monologue introspective even though there is so much joy and explosion outward in them uh and i love the way it manages to like strike that balance and just like do things that are like very of the moment and exciting and just like effective but are also so unexpected and weird in ways that you almost don't even pick up on because of how smooth it goes down. Like this is just mm-hmm. like not only the best like pop, one of the best pop records of the year, but just like one of the best records of the year period. It's really fantastic. And uh, it really speaks to a potential for UK drill to like have its next moment of like creative evolution and, and, and have it be something that can contain all of these other different uh, genres and styles and other things without it just feeling like uh, a pastiche, like all of it feels so well. I mean, like just down to the fact that there's a goddamn Hannah Montana sample on this record yeah, and that it doesn't like, it is cute, but it isn't like, out of place like it gets woven in like everything else gets woven in and for whatever reason it makes perfect sense right alongside the like more nigerian pop music now like all the little samples and stuff it's like it's so it does have that feeling of like similar to the strange ranger record of like hearing someone just like downloading all this different all these different musical inputs um Mm -hmm. and, and like the kind of growing up on the internet sort of like vibe genre switching all that kind of stuff but like it does it in such a such an exciting way and the way that even like stuff like the beat switches on this like there's some tracks on this record that within their two or three minutes manage to change multiple times and go through these different progressions and it's also just like a record where every single song like you'll find someone that sticks up for them like i we had that whole conversation on last episode and then alexa's dm me like you didn't say my favorite i like old place like they're all good (laughs) Yeah. There are no bad I mean, songs on this record, essentially. I will say that the first half is clearly like stronger, but then you end with Hit It, Twist It, Light It, which is just like the yeah. best song of all time. So Yeah, like, come on. 
Although, Again, actually, I, I realized like it took me until this week for me to realize that the song is called Hit It, Light It, Twist It and not Hit It, Twist It, Light It. But I think they say Twist It, Light It in the song. And now that just fucks. If it's like a Berenstein Bears situation where I could have sworn it yeah. was the other way around. But regardless. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, this is, again, like everything. Great record. Like, of course, the big thing is that it is it, it, you, you would think, OK, UK drill inspired by Midwest email. Oh, that sounds really like dumb and gimmicky and like maybe something that would play really well in the blogs if the blogs still existed. But like, no, it's not gimmicky. It feels, as you said, just it's just it's so natural, you know, mm-hmm. where I, and I think I said this on the Pod Awards episode, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, like listening to this feels like, oh, this is what like listening to Jai Paul was like back in 2013. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is Jim, like, like this is going to be a guy where like, if he plays his cards right slash if the industry is not a bunch of like fucking idiots, this guy deserves to be like huge and influential because this is, this is just like such a creative masterwork of a record. And I'm really mm-hmm. glad that it hasn't popped up in a, on as many album of the year lists as I would have liked. I usually don't complain about that stuff. I try not to, especially as the guy that was running the R slash indie heads, no blank list. Uh, but this is one where like for some publications not mentioned, it's like, come on guys, this is this, this should be bait for y'all, but I guess it doesn't have the right publicist on it. I don't fucking know, but I'm very glad that like crack magazine had this number one, uh, which crack magazine also, I believe, had Dean Blunt Black Metal as their number one album of the 2010s. I, I so think that they, uh, Crack is maybe my favorite album in the year list I read this year. They have a, a very good list. I believe uh, the Headache album is on that list. I think Maria BC is on there. It's a great list. Yeah. Good good taste. But yeah, again, uh, DJ, holy, Jesus Christ, DJ, Candy Rain, Miley's Rhythm. I tell, I tell if that, if I, I tell is my retroactive song of the year for 2022 i tell uh, i tell is uh, a song about needing a two dance it's 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 like <laughs> it's it's like so many other sort of like Afrobeats inspired dancey pop songs you heard but it just feels so fucking like electrified and i he, there's something there's he put something in this album there's no other way to put it like yeah it's just that there, there, there's something in this record where it's like it, it is one of my most I, I think it's my most listened to album that came out this year because uh, it's just which is partially because of I tell because I just kept playing no, no, I tell and repeat. This is, this is a great record for having a different song from it in your like on repeat type playlist like every exactly week. like you just cycle through having them each be your favorite for a little while and you just like run them into the ground. 100 percent uh again great record uh jim legacy h and pm number seven on our album of the year list but we have one more record we're gonna discuss on this episode as we'll discuss our top five on the next episode uh but number six for right now the new tim hecker record no highs um i don't have a whole lot to say so i'll kind of let you take take the floor here but i do want to say some stuff uh this feels like the most accessible thing that he's put out since like love streams or rave death i would say like, that's pretty i would say since love streams at least definitely uh yeah i'd say that's fair if you've been yeah if you've been kind of checked out in his more like experimental stuff 
uh, I definitely think this one will kind of win you back. But but by saying it's accessible doesn't mean that there's like, a not Hecker a lot. Album, to, it's know? a Tim Hecker record. It's there again. There's a lot of things in this record that really sneak up on you. Uh, it's it, it gets. I mean, the album cover is super accurate because it is like this cloudy, misty record where it, you find yourself lost in it very, very quickly without realizing. And as you try to find your way back to wherever you came from, like you, you're, the mist has gotten you. You're, the, you're gone. The, it's, it's, the upside, it's over. The upside downness of it all. Really good. I I like this record a lot. I was not quite as like bowled over by it as I was maybe hoping from because it's been a while since we've had a proper Tim record. But mm-hmm. I, I I really do like it a lot. This uh, record was preceded by like the press releases were describing it as like this like uh, sort of meditation against like the principles of like new agey ambient music or whatever, which feels like he's said that about like his last like seven records or whatever. But this yeah. one, I, this one, I feel like is the time that it feels the most appropriate because it really feels like as opposed to other records, which are, I, some of his other records are just like, I'm going in scary freak mode the whole time. And some of his Mm -hmm. records are trying to be beautiful with a little bit of that kind of curdled noise on the edges of it. And this record feels like it tries to, I mean, the first record being called monotony is like a little bit of a giveaway. Like it tries to lure you into these like patterns that feel kind of static. And, but then like there's actually things moving underneath them and the experience of listening to this record as i described to maddie before this episode is that like i put this record on when i was playing video games and all of a sudden like 20 minutes later i was like scared and didn't realize that i was getting scared (laughs) but it's like there are are other tim records where they're they're designed to scare you but that would that's not going to sneak up on you it's like you start you hit play on this life from Kanoyo as famously used in one of my manifestos on this podcast. And that's a song that's like from minute one, it's like scary, ah, spooky, ah. And this is a, this is a record that like, will just like lull you into this sort of like trance, like state and then get like ramp, ramp up the tension. I, uh, the main thing I thought about thinking, listening to back to it before this episode was that there's a lot in common with his uh his two recent scores that he's done for movies and tv like if you've seen Mm -hmm. infinity pool or his tv show the north water or if you've listened to either of those soundtracks which are available on streaming services it has that same like you can tell a lot of the techniques that he was working on particularly in the infinity pool uh, actually, it's, it's kind of it's kind of a synthesis of the two things because the Infinity Pool has a lot of those. I mean, Infinity Pool is a straight up horror movie, so it has a lot of that kind mm-hmm. of like building tension stuff. Like this album feels like if you were trying to make an ambient album out of like the Halloween score, like the do 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 do, like that that like little riff of the Halloween score, and like how mm-hmm. that just sort of cycles over and over again and kind of ramps tension in for infinite. Like this record is doing a similar sort of thing throughout it, but then also some of the seasick, icy ambient stuff on the North Water mixed in with that. And it's very, very, very good. It's got some great fucking Tim Hecker ass song titles like Winter Cop and Pulse Depression. And there's literally a song just called Anxiety. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
uh, but living yeah. spa water. Like this, this, it, this is a great record for the freaks out there. I, I think it is. I'm, I'm higher on Kanoyo and Onoyo than most. So I think that's why I'm maybe a little, but also I just think that this is a record that I didn't go back to a ton because it's not a very functionally listenable record. And there were other records that I spent that were like challenging records that I wanted to wrangle with more. And this is one where I like listened to it and I was like, okay, cool. That was cool. And then I put it down and didn't think about it a ton, but Hey, it's a great record. Tim, Tim never lost. It's not Mm -hmm. a, it's not a a miss in the sequence. Um, But yeah, I, I think it's, it, it's a, it's a solid next next step in his career. Always excited to hear more from Timmy. Um, yeah, great record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I really enjoy it. Uh, it definitely feels whereas like uh, like um, uh, Anonio and and uh, Konoyo are more or like very uh, mute, very like. <sighs> I feel like orchestral isn't the right word, no, but, but it's very e- much electroacoustical. Like, like but both of those yeah, records, okay. if you remember, were made with an ensemble of musicians that he recorded. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, this, like uh, traditional Japanese uh, instruments uh, that he brought on tour with him and recorded with those two records. And mm-hmm. the first record has a lot more of the band kind of straight up playing. And the second record is a lot more of these like glitchy ambient pieces that have little bits and pieces of the instrumentation on, but you're right that it is much more than anything he's made since versions, a very like a record that is interested in people playing, but then taking people playing and like twisting with it and fucking with it a lot. And this feels a little more like raved at their love streams were like, it has like very isolated record, very isolated, very, um, although I do love, uh, the Colin Stetson feature on this yes. record because Tim does fuck with it a little bit, but he fucks with it way less than he used to. Like my favorite anecdote, of all time about Tim Hecker is of course from the, uh, the profile that they did around the release of virgins. I forget. I always forget what magazine it's in. I think it's spin. I want to say, but um, mm-hmm. they talked to uh, like Carolus Cloverdale and a bunch of the like musicians that Tim was recording for that record. And I believe the quote is uh, you play something and it goes into this uh, like Tim had like this bunker set up where like all his equipment is in, in, in this uh, church. And so people were mm-hmm. playing stuff in the church. And he would go and sit in the bunker where the stuff was being played into and he would immediately start fucking with it. And people yeah. would say, like, I would play something and then Tim would play it back through for, out of his bunker. And immediately it was like completely unfucking recognizable. The, the exact quote was, it's Timified, it's fucked. Um, yeah. And the Colin Stetson feature on this record, he's definitely timifying it a little bit, but it's, he lets it be recognizable as like a sax solo. And I think that's kind of cool. Like he's, he's a little more like, I'll just show you what I'm doing instead of needing to obscure it so much that you can't even like process it. Like I'm going to put Colin Stetson's name on the song and it's going to be a proper feature, you know? Yeah, you definitely again. He doesn't. He doesn't fuck with it too much. It's like you're. Very, if you know Colin Stetson's music, you very clearly are like, okay, yeah, that's that's what it is. Uh, and it's all. It's it's very fun to have uh, a sort of 
uh, Neon versus A24 Battle of the Ambient Musician Soundtrack Artist. I, yeah, because I mean, Infinity Pool was Neon, and uh, Stetson has done some Ari Aster movies for A24. Hey, hey listen, all, all the big avant-garde electronic boys, they, they, they all do the movie scores. It's the only way you can get paid and and good for like good for danny for getting one song in a disney project or whatever you know like get get the bag king so you can keep making your freak freako shit um we salute you exactly uh but yeah again great record uh again maddie for, for i'm curious Tim, wait, while we're on the topic have you listened to the opn album do you have takes on again it? yeah I listen to again. I I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because That's very fair. And we we talked we talked about we we talked about a bit of, a little bit of, like off the podcast about it where I try to re-listen to it like fairly recently and I'm like I don't remember this album sounding like this. Uh, it is but yeah it's it's a lot i think of, that's a positive quality oh it is it, it it's very similar to this record like how you were describing getting lost in it it's a record that like makes perfect sense when i'm listening to it i'm like ah oh, yes and then this happens and then i like look back at the track list and i'm like wait what the fuck like how does that make any sense flowing from one idea to the next like and yeah. and because of that it kind of to some people feels like more disjointed like the sam goldner review is very good even though i disagree with the point he arrives at but Mm -hmm. like um a lot of people feel like this one feels a little disjointed or a little kind of unruly but i think the like uh that sort of uncanniness and the way i mean this the motherfucker he, I'm repeating points I said on the other podcast now, but he, the, the guy made a song called Memories of Music. This is he's the guy who made an album called Replica. You know what you're fucking getting into with this guy. The fact yeah. that the fact that it sounds like a uh, a mutation of existing 103 Point Never songs is kind of the point. Just like how the last record felt like a greatest hits of previous one, like the last record feels like okay, let me play all the hits and sort of survey across this entire world that I've created. And this feels like, let me take all of these ideas that I've explored previously and let me like take them all to their logical conclusions and like blow them up to like their biggest form possible. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's very, very cool. I I definitely totally, I understand though, like especially in a busy end of the year, like that's three scoops of album, man. It's a lot to process. It's a tough right. It's it's I, it's I had to the least accessible thing he's made in a very long time. Yeah, I I did a I, I did a podcast on it, so I had to listen back to it a bunch of times to make sure I had my head around it. And even then, I was like, oh wow, yeah, I forgot that it does this and then that and then yeah, crazy. And crazy. like even as someone that I would I would say like even you just go on based on like the last FM scrabbles, like I'm one of the bigger biggest OPN heads in the indie heads podcast. But even then, this record was like. It, it's like the most like experimental thing he's done since like Returnal probably. Yeah. Uh, there, there is like the, the, usually with all his records before again, there is like some kind of motif you can kind of go back to, but the motif of again is that like, there's almost no motif. Yeah. The motif of his, the motif is everything. It's everything he's ever done. Yeah. And I, like the album cover is very accurate because it's a bunch of speakers being crushed by like uh, these, like cloth belts like the ones you see like construction equipment you know like my like i I, like i literally saw my like as my dad was like tearing down bushes in the front yard this is the shit he was using to tear down the bushes you know like take like crushing these speakers to the point of like whatever sounds come out of them are like 
you you briefly hear what you think you want to hear out of these speakers that you hear something that is somewhat recognizable but it is fucked beyond belief like yeah if if tim tim timifies people on this record this record feels like oh he he uh, he he, da- <laughs> he, he dannyfied for sure he dannyfied some of the sounds in this one it's it's one i need to go back to i need to go back to and like go back to with like very little distractions because it is like it's a really tough record yeah which is why i, I, I understand think, why some uh, people have been kind of like iffy on it because uh, it, it is one where it's like it requires a lot of like yeah. much more time than previous ones uh between this uh pod recording and the pod uh awards episode i listened to the uh um 24 question party people episode with uh, kurt vile of um seeing of being seen by will for thrill at the airport fame uh, <laughs> and uh kurt vile at one point um Yasi just sort of does like a kind of softball question because Kurt has talked about in interviews recently about how he likes listening to pop music with his daughters and how like Charlie XCX is their favorite. Um, and mm-hmm. so, so Yasi's like, what, what do you like? What do you like about Charlie or whatever? And he just immediately goes on like this ramble about like, Char- I like Charlie, but I also like Lana. I listen to all kinds of stuff. And he's, then he goes like, one of Trick Point Never, he just put out a record and there's a song called Crumville and it's like my favorite song of modern times. He didn't say like of the year. He said it's my favorite song of like the 21st century. And I'm like, fucking real shit, Kurt Vile. I guess me, <laughs> me and Kurt Vile are way more alike than I thought we would be is kind of what I learned from that episode. He's a cool dude. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is uh, that is the first half of our top 10 albums of 2023. And uh, in case you forgot any quick recap, number 10, Smokey Robinson with Gasms. Number nine, Chris Farron, Doomsinger. Number eight, Strange Ranger, Pure Music. Number seven, Jim Legacy, H&PM. And number six, Tim Hecker, No Highs. But of course, we have our top five episode on the way, hopefully pretty soon after this one comes out. Uh, again, I'll be back. Jackie will be back. Uh, Rose will be joining us uh, as we discuss our top five albums of 2023. Uh, again, this was, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of get into it a little bit on part two, but this was definitely a really weird year for music. Like if you're wondering why these episodes are so late, it's really because like we're all, this is, this is, this is the most fractured list that we've put together yet. Like we all, all of us members individually were very all over the place this year. There's not a whole lot that we are like all really consensus on uh, in previous times, or at least there was a strong coalition that was uh, on, yeah. on consensus uh, for some records and, and the ones that we were like strong consensus on. It was like, well, we don't really need to be the ones like championing this because like it's, Oh wow. People finally, finally our tastes are aligning with the greater critical consensus. The critics are finally listening to what we like. Or the other way around. I don't know. But uh, top five episode soon. I don't know when. I can't tell you when. But hopefully later on this week, whenever this episode comes out. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, We will see you all very, very soon with our top five albums of 2023. And uh, sometime later, I I think actually probably in like a week or so, uh, as we as we teased, uh, our next bonus episode will be YouTuber Music Volume 2. So uh, if you want to hear threats of violence be directed at me, Maddie Monroe, well, guess what? That episode, $5 a month on Patreon.com, you can listen to some of my very good friends uh, threaten physical violence at me. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>